0: Good morning. It's September 9th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name, and today's title is Something Untoward. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, nine. I always leave for the airport early. I've mentioned this. My rationale is simple. You never know when something untoward might happen. When you're leaving the cottage in Maine, for instance, you could have a flat or run into fog or get behind one of those impossibly slow gravel trucks, right? Well, last week, my wife, Pat, daughter, Kelly, with her husband, Ian, and I, along with three-year-old grandson, Henry, headed up the dirt road to the coastal two-lane at 0345 Dark. Negotiating the long series of narrow, hilly, and in Henry's parlance squiggly roads to the Bangor airport takes 75 minutes, if everything goes perfectly. Our flight to DC, then on to Dallas, took off at 0600. I drove our rented Chevy Tahoe between 40 and 65 miles per hour for the most part, careful to have my left finger always on the control for the bright lights. Oncoming traffic was rare at that hour, but one always had to be extremely vigilant, not only for the curves, but for the other guy who might have few good reasons to be out at that hour. My mom always claimed that nothing good ever happens after midnight. About half an hour into our trek, I was accelerating after a yield where our road merged into another on a curve. I was going maybe 50 miles per hour when suddenly in the arc of those bright lights, Looming out of the dark were cables strung across the road like a 10-foot-high barbed wire fence. I slammed on the brakes and we skidded to a stop with the downed power cable literally lying across our hood, and another stretched across our grill. There were sparks coming out of the trees to our left. I quickly slammed into reverse and backed out from under the cables, all of us shaken. The lines hung across the entire road and shoulders, completely obstructing any path forward or around. I hit the flashers and only moments later another car came up behind and thankfully pulled over rather than barreling around us to certain disaster. My son-in-law and I exited the vehicle just as another set of lights approached from the north. I reached back in and flashed our brights again when Ian waved frantically over his head to warn them. My daughter whipped a sleepy Henry out of his car seat and with my wife ran to the far side of the road avoiding a potential nightmarish pile-up. Thankfully, This next oncoming car stopped in time as well, putting his flashers on for any that were to follow. None of it made sense. There was no rain or wind, even though we had seen moments before what I thought were flashes of lightning over the tops of the trees. The power lines hung across the road from two intact poles, but then just as we gawked at the top half of a power pole hanging in midair back to our left, The woman from the car behind us screamed that there was something in the ditch, off to the side. We ran over and there was a still-smoking inverted pickup truck, wheels slowly revolving. We screamed for my wife to call 911, requesting police and an ambulance. This is very rural Maine, and we had no idea how long it would take for help to arrive, or even if we'd have a signal. Ian and I used light from our cell phones to climb down through the thick brush, along with the woman from the car behind us where we discovered a truck lying on its crushed roof, windows blown out, and on hands and knees with heads inverted, we could just make out a tangled, blood-soaked driver. There appeared to be no one else in the vehicle. The door was impossible to open. The other woman stripped off her vest and laid it across the shattered glass so Ian could crawl in through the inverted window. The driver only moaned when we tried to talk him into extricating himself. He seemed either dazed or, more likely, and correctly as it turned out, thoroughly inebriated. Somehow, my orthopedic surgeon with the metastatic lymphoma son-in-law grabbed the driver under the arms and dragged him backwards over the inside of the roof and out into the ditch. I helped move him away from the smoking vehicle up onto the embankment. There, a quick and bloody assessment assured us that he wasn't paralyzed, despite the fact that his appearance indicated he took the brunt of the impact with his now virtually unrecognizable face. Astoundingly, a volunteer firefighter, flashing lights on the dash of his private truck, arrived shortly thereafter. Within another few minutes, ambulance and fire truck arrived from the north, obstructed by the wires and unable to get any closer than several hundred feet. About the same time, two men drove up and asked if that was a silver ram pickup overturned in the ditch. When we affirmed that it was, they sheepishly noted that this was their friend, whom they had parted with a short time ago, and he had definitely been drinking. Ian ran up and informed the paramedics that they would need to roll a gurney under the wires to get to the injured man, but that his injuries appeared not immediately life-threatening. Having done all that we could do, and now with multiple cars lined up on both sides of the wires, we reloaded the grandson, climbed aboard the rented Tahoe, apparently undamaged by the wires, and began searching Google Maps for another way across Hancock County, since for over 40 years this was the only route to the airport of which I was even aware. My daughter found a circuitous route over an even smaller country road that led us back to the main road through Bucksport. We eventually arrived at Bangor International with 15 minutes to spare and remarkably made our flights. It was only a short time ago that I noted we are sometimes called upon to be the fire extinguisher in the face of unexpected tragedy. Certainly, my son-in-law demonstrated both superhuman strength and calm in rescuing this unfortunate man who brought about his own near demise. Recall that I said that dry chemical in our fire extinguisher is love, Ian didn't have to run down that embankment under sparking power lines to a smoldering vehicle and then risk his own life somehow dragging a 200-pound man from the wreckage on all fours. He did it for love, for love of life as a gift, for love of his fellow man, for love of right over wrong. You'd be hard-pressed to convince me that God didn't put Ian in our car, so that exactly the right person would arrive first on the scene and use calm reassurance and his own medical knowledge to prevent an accident from becoming a tragedy. Even if God wasn't in the event, as we've said before, he was certainly in the response. Our faith strengthens us for times like these because it molds us into the kind of person that God wants us to be. For my money, Ian showed us a pretty darn good Imago Dei, the image of God. For myself, The Lord was with me indeed, for it is truly miraculous that I saw those wires and stopped in time. You never know when something untoward might happen on the way to the airport. Dear Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you have given us your Spirit and that we have the opportunity to mature into men and women who allow the Spirit of love to work through us to the benefit of others in every situation. Amen.